Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This week on Pop Gays. We talk Paris Hilton's documentary. Anti-lockdown protesters. And being friends with your ex. Woo! Hi, I'm Jordan. I'm Charlie. And I'm Aurelia. And welcome to Pop Games, a pop culture podcast for postmodern queers. The postmodern queers. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> hello. Hello, hello. Hello, 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 my sunshines. <laughs> <laughs> my little fruit loops. Yeah. <laughs> my little fagatinis. How are we all? <laughs> <laughs> nice i like it. i like all of these names for our fans we are sunshine so this weekend has been so lush it's like oh, the before times truly <laughs> it is so nice and warm and i feel like we were just saying before but i feel such a lift like immediately mm. with this weather and knowing that i think we had like something as low as 15 or something cases today like which for so melbourne small. is incredible i'm so excited i feel like i can see the light at the end of the tunnel yeah it makes it feel like it's worth it because yeah. like even though the lockdowns are frustrating and it's yes hard on businesses and stuff like that the outcome is less virus less death will be free soon mm. more summer more summer yeah. oh, i cannot wait there's a woman i think from somewhere down the coast who is I shouldn't laugh. She's <laughs> suing the Victorian government for a violation of her human rights with the restrictions. How? I don't know. She's taken them to court. It's being reviewed. I don't know where, how far it's gone. I just heard it on the radio and I was shook. Oh my God. <laughs> People are nuts. Like just today, I could not believe it. Josh and I were seeing all these like police helicopters flying over our house and we're like, what the fuck is going on? And we live right around the corner from Chadston and they seem to be kind of heading that way. And lo and behold, I just looked at my phone about 20 minutes ago and all over Twitter is there's this anti-lockdown protest going on at Chadston Coles. Uh, <laughs> Why they went to Coles, I have no idea. I guess it's just a good <laughs> gathering point. But um, they sang You're the Voice by John Farnham and then the police <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> 
Are they sure this wasn't just pride? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. That is why I shop at Woolworths. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. That's the true Woolworths reward is not having anti-maskers out the front. Yeah, they don't have John Farmer on rotation on their like radio playlist. Yes. Good lord. Oh my god. And there was the funniest little caption in the article it was well. It was like the protest lasted three minutes. So, like, they clearly Aww. just got in one round of You're the Voice <laughs> and then the police obliterated it. <laughs> I don't even think they would have got through one round. True. I doubt they made it past verse three. That's a long song. Lots of sustained <laughs> notes. Yeah, and it's also a long career. You know, John Farnham <laughs> never ends. So <laughs> it's the comeback to her. Yeah, I mean, if the if the rally is anything like his career, they'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Oh. God. It was interesting because yesterday my girlfriend and I went to the park to have a little picnic and there were so many police around and we just assumed it was because of people exploiting that they're able to go to a park and maybe congregating in like big groups. Mm. But it turns out that there were just protests in the city and because none of the protesters want to be really accountable for organizing it. It's like lots of little groups and people spreading information everywhere. Mm. So they couldn't really know where the protesters were going to go because there was no like public event. So oh. they're apparently just stationed police at different spots that may be hotspots. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh Lord. I will say I was so inspired by your picnic shots, Aurelia. They look so <laughs> enticing. It <looks> so lush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really cute. It made me believe in the park again. It made me believe in love. <laughs> Absolutely. No. Oh, for sure. Love and like public areas have got a bad rap this year. It's been a bad year for them. Oh my God. Are you and Inez a we couple? Are you one of those couples that's like, we do this, we do that? Um, yeah, I guess on weekends we definitely tend to do everything together because it just makes sense. When you're not living together, you have two days off and like what else are you going to do on those two days? Mm. yeah it's been really nice that is nice it's so much fun like I look back so fondly on those early dating points with Josh where it would be like every minute we had together was special because he lived his family home is in Werribee as well so he was on the whole other side of Melbourne and every time that we would meet would be a real like it's a date and it's really important (laughs) and we've got to make every moment count and that kind of stuff Mm. which can be stressful in another way because you feel obligated to always be on and like you know as a comedian as well I wanted to be fucking hysterical all the time And just charm him completely. But yeah, that was a fun time. Dating is so fun. But then there's a part of me that's like, oh, I just wish it'd been three years and it would be like really chill and there were no expectations. Yes. (laughs) I used to, when I was dating, I was thinking about this the other day, especially because Kayla is like the only girl that I've been with and we didn't really date. We kind of just like classic lesbians slept (laughs) together and we're like, let's get a dog. Um, (laughs) So like I have these moments moments where I'm like fuck have I like maybe we should we need to have time to like explore and go out and like mm. I was like maybe I wasn't like enough of a slut when I was single like I need oh, to go out there and spread my seed and then I remember that when I was <laughs> single as much as I enjoyed casual sex in the end I was like I just want someone that I can watch tv with and order Thai food one million percent <laughs> yeah no that's that's love <laughs> it truly is like doing nothing together and being gross and fun of each other beats going on fancy dates with lots of people for the sake of 
going on dates, if that mm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Although the grass is always greener. As <laughs> someone <laughs> <laughs> in a very long-term relationship, I look so enviously at my friends on like Grindr and Tinder and that sort of stuff because I missed Tinder altogether. Oh, my God. It wasn't a thing. I think it was just starting, but it wasn't like the hit it is now. And so like a couple times like I've got on with my friend, I'm like, can I please go on to your Tinder? I like I, I'm doing the swiping for them and having so much fun. Just being like, yes, no, yes, no. And just the idea of that freedom and excitement, it does look appealing. Mm. It does also (laughs) kind of remind me, one of my best friends, he has this habit of like, when he meets a guy and starts seeing him properly, he'll go completely MIA and we just won't hear from him for a while because he's just putting himself heart and soul into this new guy. He's also part of his gay swimming club and even they have picked up on it. stop. (laughs) Every swimming club is gay, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, true. (laughs) There's no straight swimming club. But he'll come back to the swimming club and they'll be like, oh, had another breakup, did you? No. Oh, no, to shame. Yeah, and he's like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I wear it with pride. That must be, I mean, the shame involved in that, especially for like serial monogamous, it's so real. People are so unkind. But also like (laughs) I get so, I wonder how you guys feel about this. I get so frustrated with friends who just disappear when they get into like new relationships. I understand there's like a honeymoon phase and they disappear to an extent, but like when you like just don't see them for a year and then they break up and come back and hang out with you for two months and then they're in a new relationship and you're like, guys. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think. I have a rule of, like, I need to be single for at least 6 to 12 months after a relationship. Wow. I think it's a good rule. Do you stick to it? Yeah. It was, like, a year between my last relationship and my current relationship. Oh, my God. That's so noble. That's really... Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, in in the in between time, I do everything I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> like, I'm not a nun for a year, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I think that's really important as well because there's so many people who just jump from relationship to relationship and it's like, have some time by yourself. Enjoy. It's great. Yeah. Even if you were to find someone theoretically perfect and you got into a relationship there and then... I would never want to be that person that is constantly in the shadow of, like, a very nearly ending relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, you do X, but my ex did Y. Uh, I don't know. I just wouldn't want the comparison. Yeah, and I also think you need a break of, like, you called one person baby for how many years, and now mm. that's over, and you meet someone new, and you're definitely going to call them baby again. Yeah, like, how many daddies <laughs> do you have? <laughs> It's too much. Like, you're using the same nickname. I don't know. Mm. What are your nicknames? I need to hear. Mm. (laughs) Jordan, what are they? What's that face? We, um... (laughs) We just, we call each other baby, but usually it's baby or something like that. Mm -hmm. But also, like, Kayla and I have a lot of fun really fucking with it. So we'll be like, I'll be like... I like to call him my little chicken ass. <laughs> what? Chicken, chicken ass? ass. And um, we started as a joke calling each other bitch. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. It was like I, some kind of commentary on like het relationship. We're like, sure, bitch. Like, yeah, and like, yes, bitch. It's political. It's political, <laughs> sure. And now it's become like this thing where Kelly Beck, Jordan, are like, yes, bitch. Like, <laughs> no tone to it anyway so that's that how about you guys oh my god nothing as hilarious as bitch but uh (laughs) josh and i are bub to each other and also i call him bastardo 
yeah. <laughs> he's just my bastardo. I don't know. It's something my dad used to scream a lot at us when I was a kid. <laughs> and so I feel like I've just kind of taken it on as this affectionate term. <laughs> yeah. That's cute. I think baby, baby cake, baby cakes, like food items. <laughs> food items. Chicken. <laughs> yeah. Chicken. My little frouche. Frouche. Frouche is a great one. Also bitch. <laughs> also bitch. Speaking of calling people bitch, <laughs> segues, have you guys watched This Is Paris? I devoured yes. it. Yes. <laughs> I just finished it like an hour ago. What are your thoughts fresh from it, Charlie? I want to know. I'm kind of sad, to be honest. I feel responsible almost for misunderstanding her all these years. And yeah, I found it really enlightening and interesting. Definitely too long. It wasn't worth an hour and 45 minutes. But yeah, what do you guys think? Um, I kept falling asleep while we were watching it last night because it was really late, but also it took too long to get to the point for me. A hundred percent. A lot of like, oh, and this is how hard Paris works and this is how smart she is. And this is like her boyfriend and her house and her makeup routine. And I was like, Mm. cool. Those are things that I've already seen. And then I fell asleep for all the like crucial parts. And then when I woke back up, my girlfriend and my housemate explained it to me. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. Fair enough. Are we spoiling it? Yeah, might as well. Yeah, okay. yeah if you want to skip ahead, skip ahead, but... No, don't skip ahead. Listen to our goddamn content. Listen! <laughs> I found it, like, really wild because I was like, upon reflection, she's clearly, like, a deeply lonely person. That's kind of like what I took from it too is like she doesn't really have I mean to be fair maybe she didn't want like friends and stuff involved in the documentary I don't know how it was like set up but it was like just seemed like she was like really alone in the world and the only people she kind of had were her family and her family have wronged her and also she's like living in a world where like success is becoming a billionaire which yeah. I mean is the world that we all live in too but like it's an actually like achievable goal for her and when she talks about, like, she never stops, she keeps fighting that fight to be a billionaire. Yeah. That's, like, it. It all kind of aligned for me once they go into her trauma and the, like, mm. abduction and when she was sent to these truly abusive hellhole, like, basically child prisons where she was put into, like, what's it called? Solitary, solitary confinement. Yeah, solitary confinement, exactly. And her and the other girls experienced verbal, physical, sexual assault and abuse at these places. And they were sent there by force by their parents. Mm. She talks about the experience of being forcibly taken from her bed by these two men in the middle of the night when she was 15. And her parents allowed it to happen because they had chosen this. They had asked them to come and take their troubled daughter and get her set straight. And the fact that she goes on to say that literally none of her sort of celebrity and her fame would have come, like the pursuit of that, none of it would have come if it wasn't for the damage that she experienced in those years and her need to rebel against her parents. That, like realizing that connection, it's just like, fuck. She's deeply, deeply affected and traumatized. It's so strange that it's such a big part of, and it's in, I'm sure it's in Australia as well, we just don't hear about it that much, but this like military school thing as well of like, 
if your child is troubled or acting out rather than like trying to communicate with them or figure out ways to help them find their group of people, particularly like queer kids as well. They just throw them into these like abusive schools and like literally beat it out of them which is yeah. never useful and just yeah. fucks them. Really, like all those those women who came forward were very brave. And anyone who comes forward out of those kinds of experiences is are like always super brave. It's very confusing. When her sex tape came out, a will was released against her will by her first boyfriend. And she said if, it, if that were to happen nowadays, people would have supported the person that it happened to. You know, we just experienced something even as small as like Chris Evans's dick. You know, people are already having the discussion about how like we should respect his privacy. But for her, she was like, that was the first time that something of that scale had kind of happened in that way. And I was vilified for it. It was, you did something wrong, Paris. And she was made a laughing stock. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, well, I don't know how you guys, I didn't realize she was like 18. Yeah. She was 18 at the time of the sex tape. Yeah. That's fucked up. I do sort of, with the whole documentary, a part of me is like not fully understanding why she wants to be understood so much like I understand everyone's goal in life is essentially I want people to understand me and to relate to me but in 2020 I feel like Paris Hilton is already sort of a beloved icon in a lot mm. of people's eyes where people thinking of Paris Hilton now think about her as an entrepreneur and a millionaire and like a businesswoman rather than a party girl who made a sex tape mm. and I think in in my eyes, she was already that person. So, like, for me, I wouldn't have needed to watch, like, an hour and a half of this to connect with her because I already do quite like her as far as a person in the public eye goes. Yeah. Mm. We didn't really get shown anything. It was all just, like, being told stuff. Like, we were just told that she works really hard and then we saw her, like, running around being like, I have a flight. <laughs> and then, like... Yeah, I agree. At the end, they asked her, or the director asks her, "Will you separate yourself from the brand?" Yeah, and and she says, "No, I can't." Yeah, that was the clincher for me as well. The feeling yeah. of like she would get so close to a revelation, and then whether it's trauma or business ethic or whatever it is, she would just immediately switch back into, "No, I can't do Pull that." Back, yeah. Like she she'd say things like even about the money, about how when she was a kid, because she wanted to remove herself from her parents and have financial independence, getting money and building a career and a name for herself that was separate from her family's legacy was really important. So she had this goal of like, I want to earn like maybe a hundred million dollars. And then she said, when I got that, it's like, cool, well, I've done that. Now what's next? And I was like, oh, that's really insightful because you're sort of acknowledging the infinity of this. Like that there's never, you never plateau. You're constantly striving unless you actually just accept that sometimes enough is enough or I'm happy is okay. But then she'd be like, oh, but I now want to get to a billion dollars and that's when I'll be happy. It's like, you've just told yourself that it never reaches it. So how can you be lying in this way? Exactly, exactly. It's also such a thing. I guess somebody who doesn't believe that billionaires should exist. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, I understand your trauma, Paris. I'm so glad you've overcome, despite all the challenges that you faced that a lot of people don't know about. But mm-hmm. by saying that she wants to be a billionaire, to me, it's like, but how am I supposed to like you now? Like, I liked you so much. I liked everything about this story. And now I feel like, why are you Jeff Bezos, <laughs> but <Yes>. prettier? <laughs> 
I mean, she kind of goes into it in the documentary, though. She talks about how when you go to these schools, and she was there for quite a few years, you know, they would strip you of your clothes, strip you of your money or your assets or your possessions. You'd have nothing. And all she ever wanted was to, like, have her things, have her things back, you know. And it's, it is it is like PTSD, I think, to a degree about, like, it's like hoarding. You know, I need to accumulate now. I need to build this wealth, build this empire. So I understand how it begins, but I do think that she's possibly, like, almost too far gone into it now. Yeah. Well, she's also surrounded by enablers who value material over actual, like, change and acceptance within oneself. Like, Mm. I feel like she wouldn't want to be a billionaire. She wouldn't want to do all this stuff if she stopped and actually thought about what she needs in her life. It's like there's moments where she's like, ah, I don't wear any of this stuff. But then she never gets rid of it. That's the thing. No. She's not, it's not like she's like, oh, my God, I don't need all these clothes. And then she's like, so I'm going to remove some or sell them. She's like, I don't need these clothes. Aren't they great? And then she just moves on. Yes. And if anyone has PTSD and, like, can afford to treat it and to get the help that they need, it's her. Of course she needs to have her things because she never had them as a as a teenager. But at some point, if you are going and making a a one-and-a-half-hour documentary, I... I can't believe that there's like not a part of you that's like, maybe I should actually fix the issue that I mentioned that's like heavily on my mind. What can I do to overcome that in a holistic way? (laughs) And you can't help but think like, how did she amass this much money without exploiting and traumatizing somebody else? There's you, you can't make that much without somebody being trapped in a system that they don't want to be in and that it, in itself is traumatizing and is like structural violence too so I'm like Paris if you thought about this you're right Charlie it's like this like thing where she like makes these statements or says these things but there's actually yeah. no like through line or connection there's no yeah. like connection to like she'll go 98% of the way to reaching some sort of epiphany mm. and then she just doesn't tie it all together yeah talking about like epiphanies and watching things um <laughs> we were also talking about the social dilemma which you yes. both watched right yes that felt like very similar for me because i watched it and then i still have <laughs> yeah <laughs> You have all the facts and you still chose. <laughs> like it's the point where you're like, ah, let him have it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm like, my data? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Take it. Take it all. Yeah, I guess it is like that. And I like ironic deleted it as some kind of social justice warrior fucking move or whatever. And then things started to go off on my social media and I was like, oh no, I actually have to re-download. Like I, if I'm not a part of this, then I'm not a part of the conversation or I'm not contributing or witnessing the conversation at all. So it's Mm. like, you can't win. Like you're either enabling this growth of the alt-right or you're just like not learning as well. Because a lot of my education is from social media. I also saw some interesting takes about it because when I watched that documentary the other night, I was like, oh my God. And then, you know, I did the like turning off all my notifications, which actually has been nice the past couple of days. I've been feeling less plagued by social media. I still have them on my phone, but I just, it's only when I choose to go into it that I'm opening them up. But I then saw the other side of it, people kind of saying, like, we have to consider that this is on Netflix and this is a Netflix kind of promoted and produced thing. Mm. Well, they also are relying on this data and are watching and want us to keep watching. Mm. 
And so it's in their interest to kind of direct the problem and make it seem like it's about these other apps and these other things. And also the idea of like putting the blame on us as individuals, like it's up to you personally to take on the plight of changing the social media tech industry. And it's like, no, no, how about the tech industries that have created these like Frankensteins have to Mm. actually take responsibility for what they've created? And especially after they pretty much said, you know, it's addictive. It's made to be addictive. You know what? All those companies hire like the best graduates of like addictive psychology and it's yeah. like they're, they're making it like giving a baby candy. Like, of course, the baby's going to eat it. It's us with yeah. social media. But you have to resist it. And then also sometimes I like the targeted ads. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I benefit from them. <laughs> like they bring great things into my life. I just bought a pair of shoes that I like this T-shirt. Like yeah. things yeah. I see that I love and I can buy them and they make me happy. And yeah. now you're telling me, no, don't get notifications when the notifications, sometimes when I need attention, I post a hot <laughs> photo, okay? And those notifications give me life and you're telling me I can't do that? <laughs> you're taking my life away. <laughs> this is the real human rights issue. Oh my God. Aurelia's going to come out with like a response movie documentary about like, you know what? We, we don't have enough social media. We don't have enough data being given out. Young people need validation sometimes. Give it to them. Absolutely. I want that fucking dopamine. I feel like I'm seeking so much more validation from social media in lockdown than ever before. It's all we have. Let, let us enjoy it. <laughs> like where else are we getting our validation from? Literally nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> not from my partners, not from my friends, strangers online. Strangers online are the real the real deal. Yeah. It's so true what you were saying though about like how targeted advertising is not like it can actually be enjoyable for the person experiencing it. Like I don't wanna look at shit I don't wanna look at. Like if a robot is sitting there being like, No, Charlie loves this shit, then like give it to me. Like yeah, put it on true. a platter. I guess, like, the thing is that, like, there should be some kind of vetting system for, like, any kind of news source on social media. And also, like, political advertising on social media needs to be, like, completely unpacked. And there's, like, they they don't mention – now, I don't know if it's, like, a lawyer situation, but they never mention, like, Cambridge Analytica or the Koch brothers. The who? The Koch brothers who, like (laughs) – Koch brothers? God. What is this? These two brothers, they love <laughs> cock. <laughs> We're the cock destroyers. <laughs> we are the cock brothers. <laughs> Fuck. But basically, like, those guys just, like, fund right-wing think tanks and then they post on social media and then post stuff. It was, like, you're so right in the fact that it was very much, like, now you as an individual can change this. And it's, like... <laughs> No, we need to, like, rally our governments to, like, tax data and tax the way the data is spread yeah. and force social media sites like Facebook and Instagram to, like, really – I've already said vet, but it's the only <laughs> word that I have right now – really vet and filter the content, the news content in particular that we see. Yeah, mm. for sure. I had an interesting wish recommendation this way. <laughs> so funny. Oh, my God. Speaking of political content. (laughs) It was just a picture of Harry Styles and it had $20 underneath. And I was just like, that's not bad. (laughs) What, did it say $20 is $20? Yeah. 
I'm not gay, but... <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Like, if that's all it takes to get Harry Styles, like, to my house, like... I'll pay it. I'll pay you know, more. Yeah. I don't even care if it's USD. <laughs> I heard that someone said he was going to be in a gay movie. Are you talking about the One Direction documentary? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm looking it up. Please, someone look it up. Is he getting into acting? Maybe he's getting into porn. Maybe this was you reading about him doing a gay film. He's previously <laughs> described his sexuality as fluid. Like he's like doesn't really put a name. To, he doesn't call himself pansexual. Yeah, yeah, which nice. is very hot. The sign of the time singer has been cast in an adaptation of My Policeman. Oh, oh God. It sounds like a Mills and Boone novel. Yeah. <laughs> Alongside Lily James, Harry Styles is taking Hollywood by storm following his big screen debut as in Dunkirk. So he was in Dunkirk, which is some movie. So Harry... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Styles may play a gay policeman. <gasps> yes, in this movie. <laughs> I was He's in final talks with uh, <laughs> with producers about playing a gay policeman. Ooh. All cops are bad except Harry Styles. Except <laughs> Harry Styles. Uh, this is actually like funded <laughs> by the police to make police like palatable to Gen Z. How can we tap the gay market? <laughs> they were like, yeah, yeah. How can we like make the gays like us again? <laughs> Oh my God. They forgot to also cast Timothy Chalamet as um, as the other policeman. Yeah, and yeah. He- <laughs> <laughs> I fucking there is something I don't know. I I'm getting a lot of my information from TikTok, obviously speaking of social media taking over. But it seems that like lesbians <laughs> <laughs> love Harry Styles and Timmy Chalamet. It's just like it might not be sexual. It's just a mutual respect. What I think it is, is we all enjoy saying Timothy Chalamet. Absolutely. Mm. Like, that's the heart of it. Yeah. And he's so sweet. He mm. looks he looks so cute. He seems like <laughs> a nice person, too. A nice soft boy. Oh, no, he's pointy. Very skinny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. An angular soft boy. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. He's a soft boy. And did you guys see those pictures of him hooking up with Lily Rose Depp on a boat? Yeah, there's been a couple for ages now. Yeah. There were these like yeah. paparazzi pictures of them hooking up, which is like weird because they seem like so young. They're not. They're probably only like a couple years younger than we are. So they're 18. Yeah. <laughs> the kissing was weird, I will say that. 
Well, I will just say I'm so happy to see like an age appropriate couple though, because oh, yeah. I feel like with, for example, Sophia Ritchie was dating Scott Disick. So Sophia Ritchie is Lionel Ritchie's daughter and Nicole Ritchie's younger sister. I think she's just 18. Oh, she was no. friends with Kylie. No. Then she met Scott who was, <gasps> wait, Chloe? Not Chloe. Courtney's. Courtney's, Courtney's ex-husband. And it was so age inappropriate for like a barely 18 year old to go out with a father of three who's also her friend's brother-in-law. Oh my God. Fuck. That's so weird. It's like, um, Winona Ryder was 17 when she started dating Johnny Depp and he was like 26. 25, 26 when they started dating. And that's a huge gap. Mm. I don't know. It's just predatory. It's like Leo DiCaprio's 22-year-old girlfriend. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, my God. And then you look at who was Johnny Depp with before? No, after. He was with Amber Heard, and Amber Heard mm. was only in her mid-20s. Mm. And he would have been in his 50s. And obviously the dynamics are different between a 17-year-old and a 26-year-old. But a 50-ish-year-old man who's only in relationships with women in their 20s, something is going on. (laughs) And you don't see it go the other way. Apart from like... What's her name on Selling Sunset dating? (laughs) Romaine. (laughs) Did Cher date Malcolm in the Middle for a while? (laughs) What? I swear, I swear they did what, 70-plus-year-old yeah. Cher and Frankie Muniz? I'm finding out. I swear. Yes, yes. Here we go. What? Cher and Frankie Muniz. <gasps> Surely she's like his godmother or something. I don't know. Okay, maybe it was just a scene in a movie. Yeah, Jordan, this is an absolute <laughs> Yeah, scandal. This is a movie. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, so it was just like, it was just a scene in Stuck on You, which is. A very weird film. Anyway, so Cher didn't date Frankie Muniz, and I apologize. Please don't sue me for defamation, Cher. (laughs) Did you guys hear that Frankie Muniz was in some sort of accident where he hit his head and he had such severe brain damage and memory loss that he doesn't even remember any of the years he was filming, like Malcolm in the Middle and doing a lot of those films? Oh, my God, I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, that's devastating. When did that happen? Oh, I don't I don't remember. A couple of years ago. <gasps> oh, my God. Because we haven't seen him for a while. And I was like, mm. maybe that's... It's always interesting when you look at people that you're like, you haven't seen for ages and you find out that they like either shifted careers or just like something horrific happened to them like Frankie, which is really unfortunate. I was watching um, Ghost of Girlfriends Past and Gretchen Wieners is in that. Oh my god! Yeah. I oh my god! I saw Gretchen Wieners or the actress. What's her name? Um, I couldn't tell you. Oh, uh, like, yeah, I, I, I don't <laughs> think even Hollywood knows her. Name. Um, I saw her in a movie called Christian Mingle. The movie. <gasps> it is one of the best things I have ever seen. Is it available on a streaming service? I'll watch it by next week. It's on Stan or Netflix. It's on one of the two. It's like an ad. It's like a movie based around an ad for Christian Mingle. So it's like, it's like she wants to meet a man, but she wants, you know, him to be like holy and of God. And so she ends up on Christian Mingle. But I'm pretty sure it's something like she's not initially a Catholic and then she has to become a Catholic <laughs> by the end of it. And it was the kitschest, campest bullshit I've ever seen. 
A plus. Oh man, it must be hard dating when when you Christian. are if you are religious or Christian as well. <laughs> like it must be so confusing because like you probably want someone who aligns with like your beliefs as well. And then like especially nowadays, that's why Christian mingle and stuff exists because how are you going to bring it up? Yeah, yeah, you need. You need it sort of like straight out the gate. Especially if you're like one of those. Have you guys ever watched Girl Defined on YouTube? Okay, so they are like fundamentalist Christians from the US. They're sisters. They're both blonde. They both wear denim jackets. And they... They're done with even holding hands. Holding hands. They hold hands when they're engaged and they kiss on their wedding day. That is the saddest life. And they... They do little advice videos on YouTube. So like how to dress cute but still be Christian, how to court someone, what to do when you're boy obsessed. And like, oh my God. Firstly, like the way that they talk, they hate women. Yeah. <laughs> Don't like them. They are begrudgingly women themselves or they just love men so much that they're like, we'll serve them. One of them has, and this is this is actually really sad one of them is married to a man who is so clearly gay and it also recently came to light that he has been to that conversion therapy as well oh no and she's like with him like i found the perfect guy no because he'll never sleep with me Mm. Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to touch me he doesn't (laughs) want to hold hands with me and he didn't want to kiss me. They have like a 30-minute video of them announcing their engagement and the amount of times that man goes, Ooh, yeah. is astronomical. They also posted a pregnancy photo and announced their due date and somebody did a little Gigi Hadid um, <laughs> Zayn Malik's birthday situation and found out that the baby was most likely conceived before the wedding. <gasps> Oh my god. Wow. How's she gonna get to heaven now? Yes! Oh my god, I love a Catholic scandal. <gasps> oh, my oh my god. Have you guys seen this week that the Pope came out and said that The Pope came out! Oh the Pope came out! <laughs> oh Finally! My god. We've been waiting. <laughs> uh so what did he say? He was like gays are cool. <laughs> yeah, basically. He tweeted, he like thumbs up. <laughs> An ad for Grinder. No. Um, <laughs> he had like a me- some meeting with LGBT parents about okay. their kids. And it was like an article about how that went. And they were interviewing all of them. And apparently he was saying to them, like, love your children as they are. They don't have to change. And they are children of God. Which is pretty huge yeah. from the Pope. So that's pretty cool. That's cool. He's like... Treat your children like humans. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't throw them out the street. Yeah, look, we're not putting the Pope on a pedestal all of a sudden, but it is—it's huge. It's pretty yeah. huge. It is. He doesn't need a pedestal. He's already on his little like Pope plinth. Yeah, have you seen that hat? He's tall enough. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing kitten heels. Yeah. <laughs> What's he hiding under there? <laughs> it's interesting when that stuff comes out because it, you can't deny the fact that it, it's going to have a positive effect on the gay community in some facets, but you're also like, let's not, he's not a hero. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about it. He's still guilty of some, some dark shit is going on in that church. You don't, just like you don't become a billionaire without fucking stepping on some people's throats, you don't become the Pope without doing some. Mm. And that's just my two cents. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen Warrior Nun. 
<laughs> like that evangelical pastor whose wife was fucking the pool boy. <laughs> Did you yeah. hear about this? What? <laughs> <laughs> I think I said it to you Aurelia, but it was like um, some pastor or like whatever the title is. Some pasta man. Yeah, some. <laughs> A little penne. <laughs> some fazili. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mr. Gnocchi was basically some American evangelical guy, extremely conservative local religious figure. Their pool boy came out and like revealed that for the past couple of years he'd been consensually fucking the evangelical guy's wife. And that was already scandal enough. But then it came out that the evangelical guy liked to watch and like was totally down with it. <laughs> I love it. He was yes. just sitting in the corner and jacking off. Yeah. Normalized cuckolding. <laughs> exactly. But they also said that this happened weekly which made me laugh because the excuse that they would have been using was, oh, we're just getting the pool boy over to clean the pool. But it's like, how filthy is your fucking pool? Like <laughs> Weekly? It wouldn't yeah. take long to figure out what's going down. Also, there's the cliches here, left, right, and center. Uh, <laughs> hilarious. Kinky pasta and a pool boy fucking his wife is... That's it. That's exactly the energy that we need in 2020. <laughs> I also feel like a pool boy is a specifically American career. Like, I don't feel like that exists in any other country. Yeah, clean your own pool. Yeah. <laughs> that whole thing just made me think of this Instagram account I follow. I don't know what it's called. I'd have to look it up. It's like Call Me Daddy or something like that. But it posted these things of this um woman messaging men on like Tinder. And she's kind of young and they're kind of old. So she's like... Would you rather spend a day with me or your daughter? (laughs) And then it's like seven slides of seven different men and they all say you instead of the daughter. Well, there it is. There it is. Oh, God. Praise. Praise be. Praise be. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm like, at least they responded correctly. I'm sorry, not correctly. <laughs> honestly, honestly. At least we can trust them. Yeah. Is what Jordan said. <laughs> Honest men. Oh my god, that's lovely. Could you? I mean, I don't know anyone who's gone through this, so I can't really speak on it. But it would be so bizarre dating someone and their like their, their children being the same age as you or near the same age as you. Have you guys ever experienced that? Not dated, but slept with. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was a few years ago. But you know what? I know that if somebody asked my dad that, he would definitely say you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's yeah. a beautiful thing to be at peace with. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> Have you heard of the – I've never listened to the Call Her Daddy podcast, but there's a lot of like – controversy around it a lot of people it's basically two young girls or maybe it's one now I think they split off but one of them lives in New York and they basically just talk about like hooking up and hookup culture and like all this kind of stuff and they're very like into just like being wombats as my dad calls them eats roots and leaves (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic oh my god I love that my favorite animal can I spend my day with your dad (laughs) yeah i'd love it he'd love it he loves the company (laughs) um i yeah and it's just really interesting because like 
uh, as someone who hasn't listened to the podcast, the discourse online is like a lot of people being like, but they're expressing their free will and like they're sexualizing themselves rather than someone sexualizing them. And then they, there's like MRAs be like dirty, filthy women (laughs) with no hymen kill them. And then there's like, (laughs) Like also people on the left, particularly queer people who are like, I don't know if like normalizing hookup culture and like rejecting your feelings completely is a good thing. And it's just like, it's a really interesting conversation. I don't really have a strong stance on it. I guess my only stance is like, do what you need to do. Yeah, Mm. I guess there's a few podcasts like that. Wasn't there one a few years ago? It's probably still going. That's like all the guys I've ever fucked or something like that. I think that's a Netflix movie, the All the Boys I've Ever Fucked. To all the guys I've fucked before. Yeah. <laughs> all the holds I've ever filled. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, God. No, but I think, I don't know, it's just like such a, it seems to me like an early 2010s thing or mm. even early 2000s of women coming to be sexual in like the public eye. Mm. And I guess you could go back as far as saying it all started with like some, a show like Sex in the City or Desperate Housewives where women were like sexual. And now it's like, it's not only on TV, it's also in podcasting and it's mm. just women going, yeah, I am, I'm a bloody wombat and I'm cute and yeah. I'm an endangered species. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah truly. <laughs> and like, go for it. Absolutely. It's like you're doomed if you do, you're doomed if you don't, you're doomed for everything in between. Like, just do whatever, like, honestly. Yeah, and there's, like, there's also this, like, part of me that's, like, you kind of have to, you don't have to, everybody has their own journey, but I felt like I kind of had to go through a phase where I was, like, detached from sex and it's to to sort of help me kind of work back from there and figure out like what my feelings are and like what's something that I want to pursue and what's something that's like a little bit more fun. I just, I think you have to have bad sex so you know what good sex is. Mm. I'll let you know when I have bad sex. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe you're blessed. (laughs) You're lucky. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, like you said, you have to go for a phase of like being a bit, you know, of a hoe. Mm. I know that's not like a nice thing to say, but I definitely had a hoe phase and I'm so much better for it. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Healthy. I had a two-week hoe phase and it changed my life. Oh, my God. I spend my life regretting it not being longer. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, I think it is It is really interesting. It's, like, interesting when, like, you've got to go through, you got to have sex with someone where you're just making shopping lists <laughs> in your head, figuring out your next plan. <laughs> or how you're getting There's on. a spill in aisle three. Yeah. <laughs> And it's I'll not me. me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the dry goods section tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the fucking deli. <laughs> <laughs> All this cured meat, the olives. Yeah, yeah. Everyone wearing latex gloves and it's so okay, cold. You, sexually speaking, you want to be in the deli. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone wearing hairnets. Yes. Absolutely. Everyone takes a token with their number on it. <laughs> So well organized. Yeah. Hey guys, I have a queer and a. Are you ready? Yes. Let's yeah. do it. Yes. Okay. Great. So this is a really interesting one, and it comes from Sylvie from Seddon. Sylvie says, "My girlfriend has a strong connection slash friendship with their ex. She tells me it's nothing to worry about. 
I see them texting often. I'm bi and I've only dated men before her. I'm not friends with any of my exes. <laughs> Should I be worried? So I'm assuming that Sylvie's partner is dating women or not cis men in the past before Sylvie. It's, uh, what are your thoughts, guys? How, what do you have to say to Sylvie? Well, I'm going to leave this to you guys because this seems like a very distinctly women dating women scenario <laughs> of exes being in the picture still. Mm. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't say my ex is in the picture, but he's like, <laughs> he's there. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's following in the background. <laughs> he's like... <laughs> Because I feel like it depends wholly on the relationship that and how it ended. Like, if it feels like your girlfriend has feelings for their ex or she's uh, – or they're thinking – they're, like, reminiscing in, like, a beautiful way about that relationship and telling you how much they miss hanging out, then, <laughs> yeah, be worried. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, like, of course. But if it's, like, checking in – because my ex checks in with me every now and then because it's like unprecedented times. You're all in quarantine. Like I'm not mad that he's reaching out to me, mm. but at the same time, I'm not like telling him about my every day. Yeah. You got to have some boundaries. Yeah. It's like, well, that's nice. I think, yeah. Transparency is key. Like if, if you feel like they're holding something back about their communication or the connection that they feel to their ex, then that's something that you should like be wary of just for your own sake to be like, are you two feet in? Or have you got, especially if you're in like a monogamous relationship or you've agreed upon monogamy, then it's like, eh, you gotta, you gotta have these conversations. But I also think that within the queer community, a lot of people are friends with their exes. It's a small community. Yeah, exactly. And for one, it's a smaller pool, <laughs> but also the, um, the constraints of het norms aren't really there. Not to say that they don't exist in some ways, like not to say that queer people don't refer to their exes psychos, but that's like <laughs> very much it within the, um, within the straight community. I know straight community within the world they're not a community they don't give a shit about each other they're the fucking government you know (laughs) (laughs) that like men in particular it's like normalized that they are they just like cut off and run away they really have to cut each other off to like reduce pain whereas uh queer breakups i know people who've just like had to talk it out like it's it's a whole talking out experience And it differs from relationship to relationship, but I did see a really funny Reductress article. If you don't already follow Reductress, um, (laughs) you got to. And it was like, (laughs) this lesbian wedding's bridal party is entirely made up of exes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Too real. (laughs) Too real. I think that's nice as well. It is nice. It also depends on the context. Like, is this ex that's chatting with your girlfriend, like, is she still into your girlfriend or is Mm. she in a relationship of her own? Like, they're two very different circumstances. So Mm. if I knew that my partner's ex was still friends with him, but that ex was married or something like that, it would make me feel at ease. I almost think it's like a red flag when somebody is like, all my exes are crazy and they're all shit. Because it's like... Why are you dating crazy shit people one after the other? Mm. 
why don't you have anyone in your love life that you can look back on and feel a little bit fondly fondly of? because i definitely had both and i feel good about still being able to talk to someone that i think back on fondly and that i think that was a good choice for a relationship at the time but it's not yeah. now which is why we're not together now yeah and maybe they're better as friends like maybe that's what they discovered through the relationship was like oh we shouldn't date we should just be friends mm, absolutely i think and also like right now i'm imagining sylvia that your partner is getting texts uh if you're in set and in stage four lockdown melbourne there could be a really important line of communication for their ex as well which is really vital right now so i think the thing that you need to do is chat with them and be honest be honest if you're feeling jealous be honest if you're feeling confused and then you guys can work it out from there Mm. and that's that sylvie and that's that on that period (laughs) (laughs) have you seen the period challenge yes did you see lizzo's post what is it what is it (gasps) you explain it already (laughs) well i I think this is what it is because i haven't been following it so closely so it's like your side profile right your butt kind of goes out and looks like a pea because you're like like that yes and then you put the rest of the letters to make period after that oh i love it what about people with flat butts like what am i gonna do i'm sorry babe yeah yeah. (laughs) this is not the challenge for you you gotta just like the skinny people challenges that are like be a model (laughs) just be gorgeous I don't know. The, the challenge where you like step through your hands and then bring them around your back. My greatest challenge that. as a skinny person is dealing with other people's envy. <laughs> dealing with being, it's just actually like, you're like, oh my God, I'm actually so perfect and like supported. And, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets too much. Like, you know, mix it up a little. Like, <laughs> uh, no, flat bum people have had their years, you know, Jennifer Aniston had a great ride and now it's time for somebody else to take the reins. Time for new butts. <laughs> Absolutely. And I will say for the first time in my life, I have actually gained some weight in lockdown. So nice. Yeah. And if you're just like PSA to all of our listeners, if you're gaining weight in lockdown, if you're losing weight in lockdown, your body is in a situation it has never been in before. It's in a state of like stress or realizes that you're stressed and is doing things to help you get through that. And sometimes it means gaining weight. Sometimes it means losing weight. Just accept or not accept, but just like try and normalize and, and appreciate what's happening right now and try to keep moving and keep active without having weight loss goals or weight gain goals because we can't really predict what's happening. Love yourself. It was actually really nice for me to gain weight like that because it's sort of like, yeah, I got through this period. Yeah. You know, I feel proud of it. Like when I saw that little like jiggle in the mirror, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm doing it. Like look at me. I'm a real boy. Yeah, I'm hibernating and I've made it through. (laughs) absolutely that's the thing i think that like more like people just need to be like we're in a pandemic (laughs) jiggle god damn it just jiggle (laughs) um is there anything that you guys are gonna consume pop culture wise before next week i'm definitely gonna watch this christian mingle situation and report back yeah do i'd like a refresher on what it's all about because i just have like a fever dream memory of this movie of just being like what the fuck is happening and there's some sort of scene where she like goes to mexico to like donate her time to people in need and 
it's like from memory extremely problematic and weird and oh, yeah, yeah. just just watch it it's it's a trip i can't wait <laughs> what have you got on this week aurelia I'm going to watch this movie I've seen a few people post about. It's a, a documentary as well called Feels Good Man. Oh. And it's about 4chan and Peep the Frog. Pepe oh, my Frog. God. Pepe. <laughs> Pepe and how he became an alt-right symbol. Yes. It used to be just a meme. So I'm going to get stoned and watch that at some point. <laughs> Me and Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Great. Well, this has been a lot of fun. It was nice to catch up with you guys. Yeah, enjoy the sunshine if you can in Melbourne. If not, good luck. <laughs> and um, while you're at it, give us a rating on iTunes. Yes. It means a lot to us as new podcasters. We're doing this all on our own backs. And if you like the pod, just give us a good rating or review on Apple. It helps a lot. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Bye. 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 <laughs>